You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Like a million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? What'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Hey, hey. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock. Uh, our guy Mojo, we with us in just a few minutes. Uh, but our guy, man, Jake Paul, is here fighting in the fight of the summer against uh, none other than uh, UFC legend Nate Diaz. And uh, Jake and Nate came face to face for the first time at least since the fight has been signed. Jake, brother, how are you? And what was it like to finally get face-to-face with uh, Nathaniel Diaz? Man, I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed. You know, they, they call him this, you know, tough guy and uh, MMA legend. And, and, you know, he's supposed to be all scary in person and, you know, saying all of these things. But when we got in person, he didn't have to say. So I'm a, I'm a bit pissed off that he's got all these Twitter fingers and his talking online, but then in person, he's complimenting me saying, you know, all, all these nice things about me. I wanted some action. I didn't get it. Why do you think that is, Jake? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to, you know, walk himself into a hole and embarrass himself when I beat his ass because maybe he knows what I'm going to bring to the table. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I wanted more of a show. I wanted more of a spectacle. But regardless of that, I'm still going to go in there and and beat this guy's ass on August 5th. What do you think standing in front of him, Jake, physically, you know, size, you know, all, all that good stuff? What would you make of him physically? Yeah, he's tall. He's tall um, and looks strong, looks in shape. Um, and I know it's going to be a war. I know he's going to bring a fight. This is this is what yeah. he does. I know he's tough. Um, so I, I get that side of things, but I just know I'm going to outbox him on August 5th and, and show the world um, that – I can knock him out like Conor McGregor couldn't do. And then I want Conor after that. I definitely want to hit on that in a second, Jake. I, you know, I was really interested in what the odds for the fight would be. I look, FanDuel has you as a pretty sizable favorite. I mean, minus 270. Last I looked, that's, that's, a, that's a, a favorite to beat Nate Diaz, who is a legend in the combat sports, obviously. Are you surprised at that, Jake, or, or not really? I mean, not really. I, I, I think the odds makers uh, know it's not good to, to bet against me. And I've shown what I could do in the ring. I took Tommy Fury, who's been boxing since he was six years old, um, to a split decision, put him on the canvas um, in a really close fight. Yeah. And it wasn't even one of my best nights. So I think people know what I'm capable of, especially when I come in with a really good training camp and this is some a time where I'm filled with vengeance and, and going to prove to the world that I'm going to come back and win. Do you feel that, Jake? Uh, you Obviously, when you started, people, they doubted you. You made so many, so many believers. And, and then to go through the loss, do you feel like a part of you wants to show people like, hey, you know, I, I am still that guy? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, and I want to show my audience, my fans and the world how to deal with the loss. And yeah. I said it. After I lost, I said, don't judge me by my wins because 
you know, when you're winning, everything's gravy. But what happens when you have to face adversity, face a challenge? And so I said, judge me by my loss. And I'm going to come back stronger from this with a chip on my shoulder and, and prove to the world that um, I could fight back and, and that I'm really meant to be here. And that's what this fight is about for me. So it's do or die. Yeah. I mean, look, we've seen, obviously, we've seen boxing stars, MMA stars who couldn't even show their faces after suffering a loss. I thought the way you handled that was in, was incredible and really expire, inspiring and said a lot about you. Do you think ultimately it makes you a better fighter in, when it's all said and done to have gone through adversity like that and not just had everything come up the way uh, you wanted it to turn out? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to be a better fighter because of this. I thank Tommy Fury for beating me. I learned so much from this and I'm still learning and making changes. And ultimately, this will make me a better man in, in my life and and in the boxing ring. Um, and I'm going to come back stronger and then eventually go back, get the rematch and, and, and uh, beat Tommy Fury. So one day you would like to avenge that? 100%. It's, it's going to happen. And I'm, I'm coming for you, Tommy. Do you, you know, you know, Tommy, I'm coming for you. Don't, don't get too comfortable, brother. I love it. And you mentioned Conor McGregor before. Is that the ideal plan here? You knock out or you beat Nate and then you go and you fight Conor? Yeah, I'm going to put a stint in, in the plans that Nate has. He wants to beat me, then go back to the UFC and fight Conor. I'm going to knock him out, do what Conor couldn't do. And then Conor's going to have no choice to make the biggest fight in combat sports, which would be me versus him, as long as his boss um, and his dad lets him do it. So, you know, that's what's funny about it is he's going to have to get permission. Um, but I'm, I'm my own boss and I get to make my own decisions. And I would love to see that fight and make that fight happen. I would too, as a fan. Boxing, is that worth it? Ideally boxing? For sure. 100%. Or we could do a two-part series, one boxing, one MMA and PFL. Wow. Make it happen. No problem. That's something obviously a lot of people don't offer. They don't offer to go over to MMA uh, you know, in exchange for a boxing match. Uh, any uh, invite to, uh, to Connor? would you uh, extend an invitation for him to come watch you and Nate on August 5th? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's, he's always welcome. He's always, always welcome. And, and he could see um, his dad, Nate Diaz, who beat his ass in the ring, and he could see who's about to beat his ass. Um, so it could be a great night for him to be to be a fan. I know he's going to be tuned in anyways, watching on his phone, whether he's going to admit it or not, because he seems to pay attention to all the moves that I make and reply to me on Twitter all the time, saying things about me. So I'm glad I'm glad he's a fan of mine. It's the biggest fight of the summer. I think it's arguably uh, the biggest fight, the most anticipated fight. Uh, fans are so pumped for this. Jake, thank you as always, brother. You know, I appreciate you and uh, we will talk soon. Thank you, Mike. I'll see you later, brother. Welcome back to TMZ Sports. Mike and Mojo. Mojo, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, and Matt Ispia, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, after getting into, uh, I guess you can call it a physical altercation during game four. They have squashed the beef. They buried the hatchet, Mojo. Before game five uh, was played in this uh, hotly contested series, Nikola Jokic, he went over to Matt Ispia. <laughs> he had a little fun. He throws him the ball, of course, if you remember back uh, to right before halftime, game four. Ispia, who was sitting uh, right there courtside, the ball wound up in his lap. Joker tried to get the ball back, and we know what happened. There was an elbow. There was a giant overemphasized flop from Ispia's part. But the bottom line, after all of the talk, should this guy be suspended? 
What should happen to the Joker? Uh, the NBA chose to find him 25,000 bucks, Mojo. And then again, they obviously, you know, show each other a little love before the game started last night. Now, uh, in the game, the Joker just went off 29 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. It was his 10th playoff triple-double. The Nuggets blow out the Suns 118-102. Now they have a 3-2 lead. The Suns, uh, who have visions of winning a championship, are on the verge, Mojo, of, uh, of going home for the season despite having Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. What do you think, Mojo? Is this all done now? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm just going to say if this is how Joker's going to play after getting into little tussles with owners, they should probably do this every single game. Whether or not he gets into it with the owners, it's like this guy always plays like that. The game where he uh, had the altercation, he scored 53 points. So he's just that good. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who is arguably the best in the league, definitely one of the best in the league, regardless of if he got the MVP award again this year or not. Yep. Doesn't matter. The guy is absolutely unstoppable yep. on the court. Came in second place behind Joel Embiid. Sixer star, of course. You know, battling it out with the owner. I, I can't even call it that. I don't know yeah. what was more aggressive, the mild shove or the blatant flop. I mean, yeah. it's just two competitive guys that care mm -hmm. very much about the game that are directly and intimately involved in the game. They're going to step their game up. I mean, th yeah. these these tensions kind of happen. I mean, no irreparable damage, you know, w was done during this little act. Um, you know, the owner, Ishbia, said it after the game. This is done. This wasn't a yes. big thing. Let's let's move past it. And you believed it right then and there. Yes. There wasn't enough that happened on the court for this to be some sort of residual beef or issue going forward. The fact that he went over there and made light of the situation, mm -hmm. gave him the ball, you know, a little playful fun before going out there and absolutely <laughs> destroying them. Dude, this is all good. This thing is done. $25,000 fine. I mean, that's about the smallest slap yeah. on the hand the NBA can do to a yes. player like that of that caliber that makes that much money. I still think it's too much, but whatever, man. We're all good moving forward. Let's just get on with the playoffs and have some fun. Yeah, I am so happy they did not uh, suspend Jokic. goes without saying he's the best player uh, on uh, the Nuggets team, and it would have been a different game without him. Yeah, the Suns easily could have won that game if Nikola didn't play. I'm glad the NBA didn't go fooling around and messing up what is a great series. Look, Suns obviously not done. Now, Mojo, after the game, Nikola Jokic was, of course, asked by the media about a little cool moment with Ispia before the game. Here's the Joker. You saw Matt Ishbia and uh, went over and, and handed him a basketball. So uh, was that, was that uh, something planned when you saw him over there? How'd that all play out? No, it was just something that, um, you know, I don't have nothing against it. I, I will do the same thing if there's anybody else in the Phoenix uh, just because uh, if you guys follow that, that's what I like to do. I like to inbound the ball really quick and then just get advantage uh, keep, uh, keep keep the game going. Um, I just wanted to make fun at least a little bit, you know. And I hope well, he's going to pay my fine, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll stay tuned. We'll see if Matt Ishbia, who is worth something like $7 billion, billion with a B, we'll see if he picks up the fine for Joker. If he doesn't, I think the Joker's doing pretty, pretty well financially, Mojo, so he'll be okay either way. Honestly, I just hope this develops into a little friendly rivalry <laughs> going forward, which might not be much longer. Coming up next on TMZ Sports, West Virginia men's basketball coach Bob Huggins punished for using a homophobic slur during a recent radio interview. The question is, was it harsh enough or was this just a slap on the wrist? Mojo and I are going to weigh in next on TMZ Sports.
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Welcome back to TMZ Sports, Mike and Mojo. Mojo, Bob Huggins, the legendary college basketball coach uh, now at West Virginia. We talked about this earlier in the week. He went on the radio and made an incredibly homophobic slur statement. And now the coach has been punished, Mojo. We're going to get into uh, all of this in a second. But the bottom line is Bob Huggins is going to be making a million dollars less per year as he continues to coach at West Virginia. We're going to get into more in depth into that. There are some other uh, elements to this punishment. But first, if you didn't hear uh, this interview uh, with a guy named Bill Cunningham at a uh, local radio station, sports talk station in Cincinnati earlier in the week, here are the comments that got Bob Huggins in this incredibly hot water. You poached any Xavier guys to come to play for West Virginia? Catholics don't do that. <laughs> no, we're, we're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Yeah, you, um, absolutely. I mean, you, you, I tell you what, any, any school that can throw rubber penises on the floor and then say they didn't do it, by God, they can get away with anything. <laughs> I, 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 rubber penis. Was this I like think a that trans- was at the Crosstown shootout, wasn't yeah. it? It was transgender night, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those, those, those Catholic I think so. <laughs> All right. They, 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 were, they were envious they didn't have one. <laughs> uh, so there it was, Mojo. I obviously kind of got the sense that that was heading in a bad direction. And, uh, yeah, turns out that's exactly where they wound up. So a lot of people thought Bob Huggins should lose his job. That's not going to happen. But like we just said, million dollars a year. He was making a little over $4 million a year. Now he will make a little over $3 million a year, Mojo. So it represents about a 25% cut in pay for Bob Huggins. He will also be forced to sit out the first three games this season. Obviously, West Virginia, they're out of conference games. That's um, not really the biggest deal that they're not going to have their coach uh, when they face uh, inferior opponents. But look, Bottom line here, he's, he's going to be paying a million bucks a year. There is some good that comes out of this because rather than West Virginia just putting that money back in the coffers, they are actually going to put that money towards a number of different LGBTQ plus causes. One center actually that they have on the university grounds, also to some other local organizations. So there is some good that comes out of this, but Mojo, You have a lot of people saying, hey, he should have lost his job. And you also have people saying, hey, a million dollars a year, too harsh. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think anyone's really talking about the three-game suspension. No, that's nothing. Nothing. That's nothing. I mean, that's not even worth talking about right now. But $1 million a year for five years has to put this in contention. 
for one of the biggest financial penalties yeah. we've ever seen in sports, period. Yeah. And we're talking about college here. We're not talking about pros where the money's even greater. Right. One million a year, looking at five years left, five million dollars for these comments. My goodness, I, I don't really see how people could be upset with with this fine. I mean, if you're asking me, you almost got to be happier with this than firing the guy altogether, especially when we're talking about where this money is going and the impact that $1 million a year can have for, for any organization. Now we're making lemonade here. We're taking a huge negative, something that went viral, terrible comments to say, of course, but now we're actually getting something out of it. We're making, we're, we're getting something good from this. We're turning it into a positive. So right. I don't really see how too many people could be upset that this guy wasn't fired. Cause I mean, I don't know. In the end, if you're asking me, I think this is better. Yeah, look, I'm almost never for just throwing people out and getting rid of them. I don't know why Bob Huggins, who obviously is a full-grown adult, I don't know why he thought it was still okay to use a word like that. Obviously, that's a word that, if you look back 20 years in sports, it was a word that was frequently used. But it's 2023 now, and it's not anymore. And I don't know why he thought it was acceptable to say it on the radio. But... I think now he full well understands that he screwed up big time. And um, if he doesn't realize it, his bank account is going to realize it. So I'm with you, Mojo. I I think here, ultimately, uh, this is a a, a learning moment, not just for Bob Huggins. It's also it's a reminder to people out there that, hey, we've got to be sensitive. We've you know, we've we've got to understand other people. And in the end, big donation to worthy organizations. Now, you know what we think, but you all out there actually have a chance here to uh, to weigh in. Do you think that Bob Huggins punishment was appropriate? Yes or no? Go to TMZ.com slash versus or scan the QR code that you see right there to answer the question. And you could win prizes. Most votes win. Oh, oh, there you are. Mojo, I was about to stop. I thought you had disappeared. Uh, Mojo, let's talk about Kim Kardashian. Uh, Kim K has been spotted at Lakers games recently, but particularly game three and game four of the Lakers series against the Golden State Warriors. And look, it's gotten a lot of people curious and they've wondered, is Kim Kardashian dating another athlete? Mojo, of course, Kim in the past has, uh, well, she was married to Chris Humphreys, though uh, if you blinked, you missed it. She dated Miles Austin, Reggie Bush. There have been athletes in the past, and a lot of people were wondering, maybe Kim's dating another one. No, not true, Mojo. We have talked to people, and they have assured us that, no, Kim was simply going to catch a basketball game. Obviously, her sister, Chloe has been in a relationship with Tristan Thompson, who was back on the Lakers, but this was just Kim simply hanging out with a friend. Now, those seats are actually owned by Ari Emanuel. Ari Emanuel, for all you Entourage fans out there, uh, not only is the most powerful agent in the city of Los Angeles, but he is the guy that Ari Gold, the character from Entourage, was based off of, and he happens to own those seats. If you watched Entourage, you know he liked basketball. Those are his seats. That woman is Kim's friend, who also happens to be Ari's wife. No relationship, no dating of an athlete here, Mojo. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know you were worried. This. I know you're curious. Yeah, I was really, <laughs> really concerned about this. You know, I'm on the outside of this situation. Yeah. I'm based here in Orlando. I'm not at the TMZ headquarters no. like you every day. Unfortunately, so. unfortunately. 
Knowing what the Kardashians is up to is not usually something I'm in the know about, but hey, she might not be dating anybody, buddy, but she might be over there recruiting. She's front row, maybe scouting the situation, recruiting coordinator boots on. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what we're looking at, Babcock. And she is uh, uh, obviously a, a beautiful woman. She's worth uh, north of a billion dollars. So, yeah, uh, if, if she's recruiting, I'm sure there might be a few guys who might be interested. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Lakers now uh, going back to Golden State. We'll see if they find their way back uh, to L.A. Uh, the Lakers have a commanding lead in that series. Uh, obviously, uh, Lakers looking to move on. We'll see if Kim's here for the next series. Mojo, we are out of time. We've got to go tomorrow. I'm very interested in this, and I'm interested in talking to you about this, particularly because ever since Travis Kelsey won that second Super Bowl a few months back, there has been a debate raging. Who is the best tight end in the world? The greatest ever. Is it Travis? Is it your good friend Rob Gronkowski? Is it somebody else? Tomorrow, we are going to talk to none other than the future Hall of Famer, Antonio Gates, who's going to weigh in on that very question, who's the GOAT? Should be great, Monjo. Tomorrow's show, forcing me to choose between (laughs) my doppelganger brother and my best friend. Mm. For everyone but me, I suppose, should make it. (laughs) The best show!